Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to this week's Failed Critics Podcast and the reaction to the 2017 Oscars ceremony. I'm Steve Norman. I'm joined by Andrew Brooker. Evening, gents. Paul Field. Evening, fellas. And Owen Hughes. Hello. I've gone last this week. I don't you normally have. go last. Yes. It's like Orson Welles said, doesn't it? It should be first or last. So that's fine with me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, in this podcast, we're going to take a look at those who have won the Oscars for the various categories in uh, this 2017, as well as reviewing some new releases and other films in what we're watching and having a quiz. Speaking of the quiz, straight into it. I, I believe it's... it's poised. Is it to all at the moment? It is, yes. So whoever loses this is definitely watching something terrible. Well, if I if I win this, Paul can choose what Owen has to watch for me. Okay, because you've got a, a film ready, haven't you, Paul? Oh, yeah. Great, great. Well, as it's Oscars, and they have been quite dry, I'm not going to lie, mm-hmm. um, this week's quiz is on geezer movies. <laughs> oh, no. Fuck's sake. <laughs> so, let's crack on. Um, so, uh, Owen and Brooker, you're on the team. Mm-hmm. Steve, you're, you're, you're on your own. They're, they're multiple choice, for the most part. Which one of these is not a real film starring Dave Courtney? <laughs> Girls, Gear and Motors, Gangsters, Gamblers and Geezers, Looters, Tooters and Sawn-Off Shooters. Fuck. Which one of those is not a real film? I like how before we started recording you said, if you know it, don't shout out. Because... Like we were ever going to know it. <laughs> first one, I reckon. Oh, Okay, we'll go, we'll go with the first one. You sure? Mm-hmm. Right, I'm on your head, be it. Steve, what do you reckon? <laughs> I think it's the last one is fake. Looters, tooters and sawn-off shooters. Unfortunately, mm. Steve, that is a real film. <clears throat> As is uh, Gangsters, Gamblers and Geezers. The <clears throat> fake is Girls, Gear and Motors. Fantastic. How's that for a guess? I'm all right with that. Brilliant. Is that the end of the quiz? Does that mean I've no. won? We've won. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I should have won that, really. Which of these is not, so which one of these is a fake, um, of IMDb-listed characters that Dave Courtney has played? Dangerous Doug from Dartford, Lenny the Nonce, or the Tank Killer? <laughs> which one of those is a character that he hasn't played? I don't think he would have played B. The, yeah, I he wouldn't have played the Nonce. See, the Tank Killer could be a bit of a curveball, because he is known for having a tank that he rolled out in mob-handed. That's it. Wasn't he the tank killer in mob-handed? But it, was he credited as that? 
I don't fucking know. He must have been. He must have been. He had a name in Killer Bitch, but I don't think he had one in Mob Handed. Uh, which one do you reckon, then, Brooker? Uh, nonce. There's no way he, he plays someone called Nonce. Lenny the Nonce. And some dickhead calling himself Dangerous David from Dartford. I, yeah. <laughs> Dangerous Doug from Dartford. That's is, what I said. Is real. It was uh, his character in uh, a film called The Estate Film. And he was indeed the tank killer in Mob Handed, so you both get a point there for Lenny the Nonce. It's not so. the name that, you know, instills the most terror in you, is it? <laughs> and it, well, unless you're like a unless you're four. Freebie, freebubescent boy, I guess, then you're probably terrified of Lenny the Nonce. But... Right. I'd be terrified of Dave Courtney if I was. <laughs> Top Slice and Underground Knights co-host James Mullinger has appeared in two Geezer movies. Which one of these wasn't he in? Vendetta? The Governors or Assassin? I know this one, so Steve, you may go first. <laughs> A. Vendetta. Mm. Okay. Owen? The Governors. Correct. He was not in The Governors. Mm-hmm. You're running away with this one. Right, more Dave Courtney. Which of these is not a real Dave Courtney film? Oh, Thugs, Mugs and Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Try... Triads, Yardies and Onion Bargies. Oh, Lock, Cock so. and Two Smoking Banjos. The last one, I reckon. But only because it sounds like a porno. Yeah, I'll go with that. I wouldn't know where else to go. Yeah, well, let's go. Steve? Was it Bent, bent Cocks and Smoking Banjos? Yeah, I'm going to go with that one as well. You're both correct. Uh, mm. It is fake. There is a film called Thugs, Mugs and Dogs, uh, which is, I think it's a gambling film set around a dog track in Rotherham. Uh, Triads, Yardies and Onion Bargies is, of course, real. But Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Bandages... is, of course, real? Well, <laughs> would have heard of that. Um, but there is a real film called Lock, Cock and Two Smoking Bimbos, which he is in. That's got to be a porno. Right. I, it was listed on IMDb, so I'm not sure. Plenty of porn on IMDb. Okay, Tama Hassan. He's appeared in plenty of Giza movies, but he's also rocked up in two comic book movies. But which one of these did he not appear in? Kick-Ass, Batman Begins, or Tank Girl? Oh, I think I know this one as well. Do you want to go first, Steve? I think it's, it's definitely in Batman Begins. I think it's Tank Girl. See, now I think he's the bouncer guy in Kick-Ass, the uh, bodyguard, and... I think he's definitely in Batman Begins as well because that's British. I, I, I'm I, pretty sure Tank Girl is the one he's not in. Both correct. Point each. Yes. Right, Craig Fairbrass. Better known, yeah. you know, again, for his geezer work. Mm-hmm. But he's... he appeared in which film with Sylvester Stallone? Was it Cliffhanger, Over the Top, or The Expendables? Owen? I, I, I know this one. <gasps> Booker knows it, so go Steve on, can go first again. Oh, on then, <laughs> Steve. Um, B. Over the top. Go on, Brooker. Okay. Pretty sure he was in Cliffhanger. He was in Cliffhanger. <laughs> um, scarily, uh, you actually got all of yours right, I think, Owen. Brilliant. So this last this last question is a slightly extended one. It is is fairly relevant now, but I'll, I'll give it to you anyway. Mm-hmm. All British gangster films, pretty much, either have the word hooligan, Essex, or craze in the title. <laughs> Mm-hmm. There are 25 films which either have the word hooligan, Essex or craze that you can buy on uh, Amazon, excluding documentaries, David Essex's greatest hits and the only <laughs> Essex. So 
you can bid yourselves up against each other. How many of those 25 films do you think you could name? Owen? Oh, my God. <laughs> Not a clue. <laughs> no. Uh, five. Five. Steve? I'm going to have to say six. <laughs> yeah. Owen? Uh, seven. <laughs> no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you name eight. I'm gonna make you name seven. Right, go, go on, on. Name, name go seven films then. Uh, you're gonna help me out as well, Brooker. Yeah. Uh, I will try. <laughs> okay. Hooligan is a film. That is correct. Uh, does uh, does Green Street Hooligans count? Correct. Okay, so it's two. Essex Boys. Correct. Is there an Essex Boys two? No. Uh, oh, well, the craze. The craze. The craze, yep. If this was the National Lottery show with Nick Knowles, as soon as they got one wrong, that would have been it. Oh, Is I it? know. It's just, a bit, it's, a okay. it's just a bit of fun. It's only fun if you play it by the rules. Essex Gangsters. No. <laughs> the Essex no, no. Craze Steve, Hooligans. Steve, you want to take over here? You've got... they got four. Um, something to do with a white-collar hooligan. Yep. <gasps> oh, yeah. That'll do, um, yeah. Got any more? Um, Essex Retribution, um, I think. Was one, wasn't it? No, go on. No. Up, Steve. Um, no, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, could have had Hooligan, Dangerous Mind of a Hooligan, Green Street Hooligan, Hooligan Factory, Hooligan Legacy, Hooligan Wars, Hooligan uh, Murders, Hooligans at War, I Am Hooligan, The Hooligan Club, Undercover. Hooligan, White Collar Hooligan, White Collar Hooligan 2, White Collar Hooligan 3, Essex Boys, Essex, Ven- Essex Vendetta, Essex Boys Retribution, Essex Heist, Essex Boys Law of Survival, The Fall of the Essex Boys, This is Essex, Rise of the Craze, Fall of the Craze, The Craze and Legend of the Craze. <laughs> Dear Lord, they all sound like film gold. How many of those has got Jonathan Sothcott as producer? All of them. Steve lost the quiz. I am rubbing my hands with glee at the moment. What is he going to watch, Paul? Hold on. Who was it that said I was going to be useless at this quiz? <laughs> going to struggle with this one. Steve. It was your, it was your teammate, Brooker. Steve, you will be receiving in, in the post this week a, a wonderful DVD which features Mr. Dave Courtney uh, called Thugs, Mugs and Dogs, which is about greyhound racing in Rotherham. Yes. <laughs> the last the last DVD you sent me is still in the car. <laughs> Remember is it the... just because you haven't been to the tip yet? Yeah. <laughs> I picked so, it up on the way out the flat I hope you and that. I left it in the car and I've never taken it out. What was that one then? What was the last one you got? Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> it's still in the car. That's how good it was. <laughs> I can't remember what I sent you last. Probably more, was it probably more bandy, wasn't it? It, no, because I've watched more Bandit. There must be something else. I can't remember, mate. Yeah, either way, it must be garbage. Only a couple of brief items on the news this week as the Oscars are the main news. Um, but um, we did have sad news of Bill Paxton of uh, Apollo 13 and, and Twister, as the radio kept saying. I'm sure he's probably more proud of Apollo 13 than he is of Twister. Um, but, <laughs> pa- but, but passed away. Um, in the last week. Yeah, 61, I think he was, died of complications from surgery. That's a terrible shame, isn't it? That's, that that sucks, like, a lot. Mm, that's awful. Um, and normally I shy away from these obituary column pieces that we sometimes get on the podcast because we just go, oh, yeah, that's a, this old person has died from cancer, isn't that a shame? Whereas this is, like, this feels like a genuine 
you know, a real shame and, and unexpected and a guy who we've probably all seen at least one or two films of that we've loved, right? Yeah. Aliens was well, the first I, one that sprung to mind for me. Yeah, I, I think I've told the story on the podcast before how Aliens was the first proper horror film I, I watched. And I fucking loved Hudson in that movie. Loved him. Mm. You know, he was fucking brilliant. He's just, not just in Aliens, but in everything. He's just so utterly quotable in everything he does. Do you know Didn't... what? that You've hit the nail on the head there because bear in mind I'm old and I actually first saw him and I remember it vividly back in 1985 when Weird Science came out. And he <laughs> oh, I loved played him in Weird Chet Science. Chet with the, the t- cigar-chewing yep. older brother who was this vicious bully. And I remember the line he would, when he's – because his little brother's feeling really queasy after the party. And he says, how do you like a nice greasy pork sandwich served up in a dirty ashtray? <laughs> Mate, I can't remember what I had for dinner last week, but I can remember that from 1985. Yeah. The one thing that, that surprised me was when I was watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I know lots of people say it's gotten better, but he he disappeared from the show at the same time. I thought, OK, it's not worth watching anymore because he was in it only for a little bit. Bill Paxton, when, the, you know, I never really got on with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But when he was in it, he was great. He was by far and away the best thing in that program. So it was shortly after he his character's arc finished. I was like, yeah, I'm not bothered with this anymore. <laughs> and it's wow. over. Yeah. So it just, just seemed to make anything watchable. He was the reason I kind of, I'm interested in the, the training day TV show as much as I'm pretty yes. sure it's mm. going to be wank. He's in it. And I really want to see it because he's in it. It's finished as well, isn't it? Haven't they done the first I, bunch I, of episodes? I think, they, I think the first season's done. He's only so, credited for six of 10. So I don't know how that works because I know he's the bad guy character, you know, the Denzel mm. Washington character in it. So I'm I'm still curious and I'll still give it a watch, but it's a shame knowing no matter what, he won't be coming back. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's a real shame. And it, 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 the way that he's gone as well is quite scary. I yeah. mean, it's a, it's a fear anyone can have, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You know, getting old and dying when you're 101, you know, you know, well... That's uh, a good innings, but sixty-one yeah. on on the sort of operation table, it's that's pretty pretty grim way to go. It's, it's weird as well because I've got uh, I don't mean you and me spoke about this the other day because there's a new Alien film coming out, so I'm doing all the Alien movies at some point, which always leads into Predator movies, and mm-hmm. there's that mm-hmm. on a, in a pile next to my TV waiting for me to start them, and he's in both of those franchises. Yep, there was a tweet that went round, wasn't it? Um, yep. He was the only, he's the only actor to be killed by a Terminator, a Predator and an alien. Which is a very cool stat to have. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's a real shame. In other news, um, we can laugh at Callum. I think it's slightly, it's slightly happier news. Yeah, yeah, news more close to home. Callum made a bet with himself that, <laughs> that basically La La Land was going to win the Oscars. He writes his uh, box office reports. So he used to do for us. He does it on his own website, callumpetch.com though. And he writes them the night before they, that he publishes it. And it was it was Sunday night when he started writing this. And he said, of course, La La Land is going to win. If it doesn't win, I will watch all of the terrible films that fail critics have had to watch. So now we <laughs> are going to encourage every, anyone listening to this, tweet at Callum Petch with the most awful film you can think of. And, you, <laughs> you know, we're going to hold him to this promise. But does he not mean that 
by the, the awful films that we've had to watch, the ones that we've already given ourselves to watch in the quiz. Surely, <laughs> surely that's what he means. So any, yeah, he any does. Film... He listed them. He put like yeah, yeah, yeah. Mob Handed, Kill Keith, Essex, Space Bin, <laughs> yep. United Passions. Well, there's, there's another one, United oh. Passions. He's watching United Passions. He doesn't, Passions, he doesn't though, like football either, does he? Yeah, no. Yeah. I think he has watched United Passions, yeah. Yeah. So we've had Mob Handed. Obviously, Killer Bitch was the one that seemed to be missing uh, oh, in God. his list. You can't watch Mob Handed and not watch Killer Bitch, I think. Give the poor guy a stroke making him watch that. <laughs> <laughs> knowing was def knowing was definitely on that list. Knowing knowing yeah. was on there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't yeah. remember the others now, but there's been some bilge. Yep. Yeah. Upper tier Steve on Twitter said run for your wife. Yeah, that was definitely yeah, one of that. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh Paul, you said um what what did what did you say? Invasion what? Earth? I watched it last week. Oh, my God. I, I've got a tip off from the guys who run an excellent blog called Brit Picks where they watch everything they've got a double review of mob handed on there for god's sake i mean they 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 know their stuff inside out and all the directors everything that's upcoming and they recommended to me this film as being one of the worst uh called invasion earth which is it's like a chap who kind of reminds you of alan bennett (laughs) sort of um looking after some drug addled teens who all look fit and completely healthy set against a backdrop of a bloke in a rubber suit with some lasers it's nice. utterly bizarre and utterly terrible well we've also had from your mate um brooker your mate john john miller who said uh birdemic i don't even know what birdemic is sounds Isn't like it, something uh, he found on the sci-fi channel was it a nollywood film what's was a it nollywood nigeria? film oh okay nigerian hollywood film wow that's that sounds terrible and ever so vaguely racist. <laughs> no, I don't think it's racist. <laughs> yeah, it's, probably... it's fucking terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's meant to be one of the most awful films ever yeah. made. So keep them coming is what I say. Yeah. Keep sending them in. And, it, and, and it, any, any we don't use, I'm sure we can use for quiz losers. Yeah. I cannot wait for his reaction to half of these. On to um, what we've been watching. Obviously, where we're going to take a look at some of the films we've seen in the last week. There's a mixed bag here of new releases and non-new releases. Um, I'm going to kick us off with Fences, which is one that I moaned about not being able to see last week because of this weird, staggered distribution that the the distribution distributors were doing, not the actual cinema chain. Um, but it's out, so I managed to see it, and um, it's quite hard to describe. Really, it's Denzel Washington playing. A, a guy, Washington. yeah, just just playing a guy. It's, it's, it, it is a good film, made better by the fact that Denzel Washington is really good in that lead role. Many other actors in it would just make it a poor film. Not a lot happens, admittedly. It is just Washington doing a series of monologues, essentially, which he is really good at and really engaging in. Um. I think there's a. I think I get away with saying this. There's a twist in the plot towards the end that just kind of makes no sense. It doesn't it make just no kind sense. Kind of comes out of just, nowhere, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and it's just a bit stupid, and it just seems that it's it's put in there to give the to to take the film in a, a different direction and to to ha- make it able to end in some way. 
because otherwise you could just have him monologuing have... on for the next week. It's, it's kind of there to almost force an emotional response at the end. Yeah. Um, I mean, the supporting cast are good, but they're not really in it that much. Well, they are. They're there, but they're just listening to him talk. Um, it was it was odd seeing him in this, in the character, because he's... Because usually you think of Denzel Washington as a as a well-chiselled, good-looking man. And this, he looked very... He was playing a, a middle-aged guy with a bit of middle-aged spread, a bit of a paunch. He looked older. It didn't... It, it wasn't the Denzel Washington you're used to seeing. Not that it took out the film or anything. I just thought it was quite interesting that he's usually playing like some quite good-looking, handsome man. And it, this, he clearly wasn't. He looked tired, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He just looked like talking. he looked like making the film had absolutely broken him. <laughs> but no, I, I I really I liked it. It was a good film. It was worth watching. And I, but I can't help but feel if there was many other people in that in that role, it would have been a much worse film, and it would have been quite boring, and you wouldn't have been engaged in it at, at all. I do, um, I agree with that. Was it worth the wait though? Well, I, I had to wait a week really. So yeah, it was just I just I. Just thought it was a daft way of releasing a film. Sort of half the country one week, the rest the next. But, mm. but yeah, the, it's it's a good film. You can see why he was nominated for a, a best actor Oscar for it. But you can also see why he didn't win it. Well, do you think that was partly because of the competition? I mean, Casey Affleck was yeah, yeah. the odds and favourite, wasn't he? Yeah, partly because of the competition and partly because it wasn't quite the probably the film as a whole wasn't quite there to carry him to it. It's very stagey, isn't it? It's not filmy. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell it was yeah. a play when you yeah. watch it. You, you can tell because it's like set in this 20-square-foot area that is the dude's garden, and that's yeah. it. But, I mean, he, he, when, he's, <clears throat> when he's talking, when he's on one of his, his speeches or his monologue, it, it is good. It is, you know, it is interesting. You do want to listen to it. You don't, you're not kind of wishing him at any point to go, shut up. <laughs> but... Yeah, it's, it's just this kind of the the plot turns towards the end, and you just think, well, that, you've just kind of engineered that to give it a, a get a get out to end it, to find an ending, because with him just talking about the different things that are happening and his experiences, there's no natural end to it. I am kind of curious as to if the play ends like that as well, or if it had to be yeah. put in there, or if it's or if it's put in there so jarringly. Yeah, because that was the thing about it. it. wasn't that it was bad. It was just really. It was. It was sudden. kind of. At, it was kind of at the point that it started to drag on a bit. Yeah. That it just kind. Of, I mean, I think I was in the in the screen for two and a half hours. So that includes trailers and ads, etc. Um, so the film is probably what two hours fifteen ish, and yeah, it felt and it felt longer. I think but, I'd agree with that as well. <laughs> it felt a lot longer. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it's definitely worth seeing. Um, for for Denzel Washington's performance alone, really. Brooker, what have you seen? So I saw Patriots Day, which is, is the third film where Mark Wahlberg teams up with director Pete Berg after Lone Survivor and Deepwater Horizon, where he plays a copper in Boston who doesn't really do much, but he's there at the the Boston Marathon bombings in 2013, and we then see kind of the investigation with the local police and the feds uh, chasing down the, the marathon bombers through Boston. And it, the story is interesting because it's the first time 
after a terrorist attack on on the in the United States has ended with a city being in complete lockdown and everybody essentially being curfewed and told to just stay the hell in you know indoors and let us kind of come around and we you know we're going to search the place top to bottom. It's not a perfect film, but I did I I think it's a very very good film. It's an excellent film. In fact, I really enjoyed it and would would gladly watch it again. I find Mark Wahlberg infinitely watchable for the most part except in the happening which was awful but I, I really I thought it was a good I it does have that that feel about as a you know all, all Americans stick together kind of you know cheer for the the stars and stripes kind of film uh, it does definitely have that maybe more so than the previous two films they've worked together with, which is impressive considering one is a war movie. But it's it's very good. I think it's very well paced and it's you're not bored. It's quite long, but you're not bored through any of it. Uh, I know, Paul, you've seen this as well, haven't you? Yep, I really enjoyed what? it too. And I I, um, I really like Mark Wahlberg. I, I, you're right about the pacing because I was thinking, oh, God, this looks quite long. This could be pretty grim. But... No, it rattles along, and I, I really, I really enjoyed it. It's almost worth mentioning, I think, that Mark Wahlberg, while he's listed, you know, he's got top billing, he's like part of a massive ensemble cast. He's not actually in it for a massive portion of the film. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it impacts on it. I think no, it doesn't. No, not in the slightest. But, but the actual story as well. I mean, I don't know how much of it was dramatised, but I, I actually found it really gripping. Oh yeah, for sure. I think, I think there was a. A fair amount was dramatised a bit. I did like, because uh, they, they got a lot of, st- of stock footage of the actual events for some sections of the film. Oh, uh, okay. Which kind of made you go, oh, yeah, okay. Ooh, I mean, there was some stuff in that was when that, you know, there was like a, a child and stuff and they make that policeman stand there next to the body and it was... That, that uh, yeah, that things like that really fucked me up. It was, I, and it, that's quite for for a film like this, which you think would be really commercial. It was really, I thought I found that really powerful. I thought it was really yeah. good, it was really good filmmaking. But then he brave, managed to mix in to do something like that. Yeah, but he's managed to mix you know pretty decent human drama and emotion in with batshit crazy action as well. Well, yeah, we were talking about this before before we recorded, weren't we? The the the, the one kind of major action scene that this film has. Is, I thought that was insane, completely it, off the hook. Oh yeah, and it felt real as well. If it done a really good job of, because you see a little bit of it in the trailer, didn't you? But it done a really good job of kind of, you get a feel for both or for all of the action from all sides. Yeah, but it still feels very tight and claustrophobic because yeah. of where it is. Absolutely. It does. It's actually quite. It was quite scary, and I'd have to say, you know, in a in a big screen environment as well, it's it's loud and quite. It's very impactful for what I didn't expect would be a particularly good scene. Yeah, uh, and, I, and it also recreated, I mean, because obviously I knew about the, the Boston Marathon bombing, but we just got day one headlines and that was pretty much it. This yeah. kind of filled in. I didn't know about all the, you know, all the stuff that went on after it kind of left the news here in terms of like the manhunt. I don't remember any of that. So my, a lot of the stuff presented here. For, for its, and I imagine it will be the same for a lot of people in the UK. It's fairly new information. Yeah, it's, it's, for you, did you know the whole story? I didn't know all of it. I, I think I 
probably knew a little bit more than you. Okay. Uh, just because I, I, it sounds morbid when I say I tend to follow that kind of stuff. I, I don't, I don't do it on purpose because I like to know about all the death and dismemberment. I just, it always, I don't know how it is, but it always somehow appears to be on my radar. I just happen yeah. to, I just happen to know about it. So I knew a little bit. I knew, like I said, I knew the, about the like the lockdown and the, a bit of the manhunt. Uh, you've, but you've yeah, got, I was going to say you've you've also got like a little bit of police procedural in here as well. How they try and piece it all together, and I found that really good as well. It is interesting how they've done that and managed to make it interesting. I should yeah. use a different word the first time. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's okay. It's impressive how they do that and make it interesting because it could be so very boring watching people piece together bits mm. of old you know bits of street inside a warehouse it it should be boring and it's not it's not should, should i tell you what put me off go on seeing patriot's day i look at the trailer for that and i think yeah american flags sickly sentimental american tribute to catastrophe i'm not interested in sitting for two hours in a cinema seat to watch that no, I didn't come away with that feeling at all. There is a little bit of that, and it's you know there. what I'm going to say. Oh yeah, there is. <laughs> I won't there is spoil a little, it. There is a little bit of that, but it doesn't. I wouldn't say it takes away from the film at all. Mm-hmm. I, it does have. I, I have this thing at the moment with films called the "didn't happen" test, uh, <laughs> when I'm presented with stuff that clearly didn't happen. And that scene in the garage with the Chinese fella, I'm telling you right now, that is didn't happen moment of the year. Nothing will beat that. Really? It, that that beats <laughs> kick, that beats kicking away a grenade in Hacksaw Ridge. Ooh, that's actually. Mm, now, now you throw me. Uh, it's pretty. It's, it's 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 they're you know they're both up there. <laughs> But the question is kicking a hand grenade. Exactly. Him in the garage. <laughs> but I mean, but the kung fu kicking the, the hand grenade's got the same thing. It didn't bother me. It didn't no, pull no, me from I the film. Funny. My eyes did start to rise upwards. And you do go. You literally for a split second you go, "Oh for fuck's sake, really?" <laughs> and move on. But that's you, you what know. I was talking about. That's pandering to that the, the the people who want to see that stuff and wave the flags and stuff. But I don't think it panders that badly to people. Not, not Patriots Day, anyway. I don't, I, of course it panders. All films fucking oh, yeah. do. But I, I don't think it does it to a point where it makes the film unwatchable. No, it's certainly not a deal breaker. And I'd, I'd happily watch it again. You know, this, this ain't, you know, 13 hours bad. You know, that, I mean, that's, that's some fucking flag waving for your ass. You know, 13 hours is a terrible film for things like that. Mm. Patriots Day, not so much. Really as long as there's no Spider-Man web slinging in front of an American flag at the end, then it can't be all bad. Uh, I mean, I didn't stay for any after credit scene there might have been. <laughs> <clears throat> so I'm not going to guarantee it, mm. but I don't think there was. And How about A Cure for yes, Wellness? Yes, A Cure then? for Wellness. So A Cure for Wellness was not as good as Patriot's Day. Uh, oh, right, yeah, bear with me because I can't remember the guy's fucking name that's in it. It's got a weird Dane Dane, yeah, Dane DeHaan or whatever his name. So this guy is a Wall Street banker who is sent to a wellness spa in Switzerland to get one of the partners from his firm back to New York for a merger. Uh, and he he turns up. He can't take the guy, so he leaves. Uh, gets sent back to his hotel and he has a car accident wakes up in the 
uh, wellness center with a broken leg and and needs to kind of find the guy and take him back to New York anyway because he has to. And what what kind of follows is a I shit you not two and a half hour long psychological horror movie which very quickly no not very quickly that's unfair it loses a lot of its punch at about the hour and 45 minute mark so you've got this guy who's kind of investigating it, it turns into kind of a mystery investigation thing uh as this guy tries to find out what's going on in the this wellness center he's trying to find the the partner that he's gone to get he's trying to figure out why this guy who only vanished off for two weeks is apparently you know he's telling everybody how ill he is and he has to stay here you know because he's been brainwashed somehow uh and it there's this this whole sinister backstory with you know the the local town and the village and the guy that owns the build that owns the wellness center it's i mean to talk too much about any of this literally spoils the entire thing and i when i say that i mean the very second you meet the main meet the main guy that isn't dane dehan who's it's uh jason isaacs the guy that runs the wellness center the second you meet him and the story is explained and this is at about the 20 minute mark you've put two and two together and now you have to watch for two hours as someone comes to the number four. It's far, far, far too long, considering all of its reveals are done about 40 minutes into the film. It's got some very cool, very disturbing imagery in it, and some bits that will make even the most hardened people turn away. Uh, uh, but the shock value in it, doesn't isn't worth hanging around for two and a half hours like i say it should have finished 45 minutes before it did i would have liked a nice ambiguous ending where i could have you know i sent a mate off to see it yesterday because i said you might enjoy it i would have liked to have spent hours today chatting about what the ending could be instead of having a very final very definite end uh that again took far too long to get to and i'm i know i'm laboring on this point this movie is far too fucking long Far too long. I was in the cinema for three hours by the time I got to the end of the fucking trailers and ads in the film. My ass was not happy with that. I mean, the, and the problem is it's a horror film, and it is horrific. There's no, there's no jump scares, but you can't keep that atmosphere going. You can't keep that tension for two and a half hours. You've, you know, you've shot your load in an hour and a half. You've got nothing else to show after that. And it's just... At that point, once you realise you've gotten, you've shown everything you've got to show, now you're just doing shit for shock value. And this is where the film's 18 rating comes from. Because there is a completely unnecessary and very over-the-top attempted rape scene that is quite horrible. And, like, to the point, I looked, I was like, that's not necessary and I, i'm not talking oh i don't like rape so it's never necessary i'm talking that does absolutely nothing for the story it does nothing there's no context just gratuitous. To it. it is just gratuitous it's awful and you just watch it and go i didn't need that at all and, and then 
it gets weirder because somehow out of nowhere, and this is literally to stretch out the ending, there is a cult that came out completely out of nowhere. And now they're having weird KKK looking dances around a hall. It's, it's such mm. a good premise and it could have been really good. And it is really good for about an hour and a half. And after that, it loses its mind completely. It it looked a little bit like Timber and Light does Shutter Island when I saw it. Pretty much. Well, I think what it is, it's Gore Verbinski does Shutter Island. Because uh, it's a Gore Verbinski mm. film, and it looks like a Gore Verbinski film. Mm. It looks like Gore Verbinski does Shutter Island, and it's it's just, it's such a wasted, wasted exercise. Like, the guy clearly didn't have anybody reining him in. Yeah, he, that's a shame. He needed somebody pulling him back and saying, no, no, calm, you know, calm your tits, you don't need this. <laughs> because, lads, it's two and a half hours long. Mm. <laughs> I came out for yeah. going, I've got to go home and get a bed now. I, 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 came here, I came, went to cinema straight from work. I'm going to get home and it's going to be bedtime. Fuck's sake. Yeah, that's, that's a shame. It could have been so good and... If you know, if I could just remove the last forty-five minutes, it would be really good. And I would say it's worth watching because the, the bit of the beginning is really well put together, and it's so clean. And there's so much nightmare fuel in this first hour and forty-five, which is a really tight mystery film. Just walk out at about an hour and forty-five, and you're done. Okay, Paul, what have you seen? Uh, well, I watched a Bonded by Blood 2, um, which is the, the new film uh, from our mate uh, Jonathan Southcott, who's a friend of the podcast. Um, I think this lands in May. Um, the title might suggest that it's uh, a sequel to Bonded by Blood. Well, I it would suggest that, yeah. It would indeed, but the, I, it's, I think this is a poor marketing ploy really um the first bondy by blood film is that have, you, have any of you seen it nope it's no. actually really good you've got uh, vincent reagan michael socha tama hassan and the acid test for me for any of these films is is neil maskell in it if he is in it it'll be really good if he's not they're not always so good and, and neil maskell's in the first one and he's fucking awesome in it i, I really like neil maskell i know so w- when i see when I look at cast for these type of films and I see Neil Maskell's name, I know it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, it's a strange one because it, it you all know um, about the Rettenden Range Rover murders, yeah? Yes. Yes. So Tony Tucker, Craig Grohl from Pat Tate get fucking ironed out with a shotgun doing a drug deal in a field in Essex. No, going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, okay, no, no. Cool. Yeah. This one has um, Terry Stone, who plays Tony Tucker in the first one in it, but only in flashbacks. So it it, it tries to anchor itself to the first movie that way. But the weird thing is, there's actually a really good story here. You've got these three guys, um, Dean, Damo, and Ricky. Two of them are banged up together. One of them gets taken under the wing of the other one because he's getting bullied. They come out and they they start getting involved in various drug deals, other activities. And there's actually a really well-written 
brilliantly acted story. But the trouble is, you've got this muddied kind of waters where they keep trying to anchor it back to the first film for, for no reason. Um, you also have Danny Dyer's daughter, Danny Dyer, turn up. Um, there's a love interest in it. And again, there's, there's no... There's no payoff. There's no reason for that. Um, I wish these films would kind of have the confidence to stand on their own and be about mm-hmm. what they're about with with a, with their own title. I'll give you another example: is that that white holly, white collar hooligan film? That's actually about credit card fraud. It's not about hooliganism. Yet the cover and the title would make you believe otherwise. And it's actually really a good film about credit card fraud, but that sounds boring. And this, again, I think they've their lack of confidence in being able to have this story play out on its own two feet is is is, is such a shame because it, it it is really really good. Um, I think it's uh, didn't Sothcott tell us before basically that it's not it's not really to do with having faith in the story it's just they know what's going to fly off the shelves in asda yeah so you know it's not necessarily tricking people into buying it but the their market is very specific yeah and if the thing isn't going to appeal to them nobody's going to see the film well terry stone who plays tony tucker in this i mean anyone who's who's seen bonded by Bonded by Blood One knows he got his head fucking blown off in the first one. So he's, even though he's front and centre on the DVD cover for this one, I'm pretty sure even though people <laughs> are going to work out, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the people in it, Josh Josh Myers, who you probably don't know who he is, but he's in a lot of hooli porn. He's really good. Um, George Russo as Alvin is the best thing in it. He is fucking horrible. Really good. And Sam Strike, who's, I think he was in EastEnders. Really, really good. And of course... Burnside pops up. Everyone loves Burnside. Back to doing what he should be doing is is playing the old Bill. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's so many Essex films, and there's a load more due. You've got Rise of the Foot Soldier Three, Essex Heist, and and something I'm told that's called Barbie Doll Gangsters of Upminster. You can keep uh, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, w- would I recommend it? Yeah, absolutely. Just just you've got to disengage from, from the other film and just watch it as a standalone. Unfortunately, I think that would bring the run... If they took the other stuff out, the runtime would be down to about 50 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's it. I'm done. Right, Owen. I uh, watched a film <clears throat> which um, Steve recommended. <laughs> yeah, you recommended this one, Steve. That's not a good start. <laughs> I watched a film called Backtrack also known as Nazi Vengeance. The film you recommended at the end of last week's podcast. On the the basis of the title. (laughs) On the basis of the title. Which Steve must have seen as well now, obviously. Obviously. So we're going to have a very in-depth discussion about the intricacies of the plot. (laughs) Is that right? Yeah, you you tell me what you thought and I'll agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. So... I don't really know how to describe this one properly. It, it's essentially uh, a story about a, a fellow who re- he ha- experiences these flashbacks from a previous life. Turns out in a previous life, he was a Nazi soldier. And he went to the village of Plumpton in the southeast of England. And um, 
Yeah, well, to, to reveal more would be to spoil what happens, but, you know, well, fuck it, behave. you're never going to watch this film. It's got two and a half out of ten on IMDb. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's absolutely fucking dreadful. And... Okay, so the synopsis on IMDb: When four friends go camp, uh, when four friends go camping on the South Downs, they are quite literally tortured by their past. Right, that's effectively it. It is a torture porn film. It's Wolf Creek without any of the things that made Wolf Creek watchable or enjoyable or good or characterful or interesting or engaging or things that make so you squeak. So it's a painting of Australia. um it's it's this this the the villain in it right villain isn't who you'd think it is it's not a ghost of a nazi it's not the guy who's having flashbacks of being uh, a nazi in a previous life it's the most ridiculous stupid twist you i mean it's I, i just cringed so much the idea that it was a guy in the Second World War who was uh, a fighter pilot, a British fighter pilot, and I don't even make the, I don't even know what the connection is, but the Nazi kills his family in Plumpton, and then for some reason his plane is destroyed and he burns almost to death but survives, and now he's this like ninety-five-year-old man who's getting revenge on. The guy who's now reincarnated from the Nazi. The, it's nonsensical. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And he only knows that this guy is a Nazi in a former life because he prayed to the devil. What? But that comes out of nowhere. It's like there is literally no, there's nothing here. There's no like folk horror elements to it. There's no. Uh, idea of any cult there's no ritualistic bits to it it just goes how did you they, they go how did you know about who we were and he says well didn't you know i prayed to the devil it's just does he say it with that accent he literally says it like that <laughs> yeah all the way through um god now that's what makes it unwatchable but the guy who does it paul might know him julian glover yes does that any bells? yeah, yeah I know he's, he is. yeah he's in um What's that Southcott film he's in? Oh, uh, I can't remember. Uh, we Still Kill the Old Way. Yes. He's in we Still Kill the Old Way. Uh, but he's been in things like Game of Thrones and Indiana Jones and stuff he's like that. Loads of stuff. Absolutely loads of stuff. But he is dreadful in this. It doesn't help that he has an awful script to work with either. He said, Basically, he talks like Tom Hardy as Bane through the whole film. He's got the most dreadful dialogue to work with. Uh, it, I mean, the, the repetition in the dialogue as well. Bear in mind, they've got like this shittiest film to work with. It's the most ridiculous plot. And there's so much repetition of phrases that it's not intentional. He says, you talk too much so many times. It, why? It's, you're not trying to create a catchphrase for this guy. And they literally set up a sequel at the end of the film as if that's ever going to happen. That's not going to materialise. <laughs> Just, uh, oh my God. I fucking hated it, basically. There's um, there's one guy in it who's okay. One fella who uh, is called Miles Jovian. Won't make, mean anything to anybody because none of these actors have been in anything else except Nazi Vengeance, according to IMDb. 
Um, and the, the, but the upcoming he's the kind Darcy of... Vengeance 2. <laughs> uh, funnily enough, it's not listed on IMDb yet. Uh, there's no plans for Nazi Vengeance 2, as far as I can make out. But um, he's okay, but he's essentially playing this uh, dickhead character, really. He's playing uh, the boyfriend of a girl who is the one who can access the Akashic records, which effectively means she can look into people's past lives for them with some kind of spiritual psychology mumbo-jumbo kind of bullshit, really. Um, and her, her boyfriend is having an affair with another girl. So those two are obviously the ones then. You just know from the, the fucking minute they're on screen and they're caught having an affair together, they're going to be the ones who get caught and tortured because that's the most obvious device, right? These people now who you've got a reason to think are dickheads, they're the ones that you're going to feel less sorry for if... They have their chests burnt and their hammers uh, hammers hit into their shins and stuff like that, right? But for some reason, for some reason, when they're caught having sex in a tent, right, the nudity in it is not what you would expect. Because you would think, okay, well, they've got this blonde girl who's obviously kind of there because she's supposed to be quite good looking and uh, and all that. There's no nudity from her at all except maybe a glimpse of a bum cheek. With him, it's full on... all you need on... sometimes. Yeah, but his, like, swollen member is flopping about all over the place in the middle of the screen. Why? What is this supposed to add? You literally... <laughs> are you trying to show me his dick because he's proud of his dick? Is this a Steve Norman thing going on? He's just trying to... <laughs> send dick pics dick pics. The ultimate dick pic is to just have his massive knob flying around the screen. By massive, I mean zoomed in, obviously. Um, but it just it doesn't doesn't contribute anything, doesn't mean anything. It's again to use the word gratuitous because that's what it is. Um, yeah, it's just uh, it it doesn't express vulnerability. It's it's just a guy who. Well, I mean, fair fucks to him because he maintains his art on for ages. But I mean, really, just um, unnecessary. And that's basically how I felt about the whole film. It's just unnecessary. So, um... You sold it to me. <laughs> oh, man. It is awful. It is really bad. It is possibly the worst horror film that I've seen this year. Beautiful. I've just been on to uh, the, the Amazon.co.uk, ordered thugs, mugs and dogs and sent it to Steve. Excellent. Perfect. <laughs> mm. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, we've come to what you've all been waiting for, and that's us telling you what won the Oscars because you've not seen it yet and uh, commenting <laughs> on such awards being nominated, um, giving out whatever. Uh, we're going to start off with Best Picture, which eventually went to Moonlight. But it was almost La La Land because of a monumental fuck-up, which is all it can be described as. I talked Brooker out of live-tweeting the Oscars. I said, what's the best thing that's going to happen? Some film you didn't expect to win wins. Do you you know the best thing that happened? Yeah. Suicide Squad is now an Academy Award-winning film. Yep. (laughs) Brooker? Yes, mate. Do you know what it beat? I know what it beat. I don't care. Star Trek Beyond. It's an Academy Award-winning film. A man called Ove, right? 
I'll just, I know. Just, just I... put this out there, where they made up, they put prosthetics on a 61-year-old actor I know. who was supposed to be playing a 59-year-old guy, and they made him look 80 with the worst prosthetics I've ever seen committed to screen. So they Here's did the thing. really well. I, I do not, <laughs> do not give a flying fuck Suicide Squad is now an Academy Award-winning movie. You can asterisk it all you like. It has an Oscar. Suicide Squad <laughs> has an Oscar. And fuck anybody that wants to dig on it. Run, run upstairs and arm wrestle the missus, right? And then, then, you, then you could say that you were the best arm wrestler in your house. Actually, <laughs> I'm reevaluating that. I'm thinking that there might be a more stiff competition than I was the first thinking. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this, does she? She does every week. Oh, fuck. It's staying in there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so yes, yeah. best picture went to Moonlight, um, but the man who stuffed the envelope probably had kittens when it was being announced. I don't think it was envelope stuffing. It was just the wrong envelope. Well, yeah. whatever happened. I mean, I didn't realise until they, until this was being discussed on the news earlier that it's an accountancy firm who does all the counting and therefore the envelope stuffing and distribution of envelopes in the correct order it's pwc isn't it identical um cases with the same envelopes each side of the stage so depending on which side you come in you get handed the right envelope because they came in on a different side they got they accidentally were handed the previous awards envelope yeah they read emma stone darland I mean, they must have thought Emma Stone did not produce La La Land. <laughs> well, he did see one. He's like looking and his, his face goes. And then... And he hands it over. He must have known. He must have known this wasn't the right thing and just handed he, it over, didn't he? He threw her under the fucking bus, didn't he? <laughs> Definitely. He stitched genius. her up like a fucking kipper. Oh, hats yep. off to the fellow. I thought that was genius. <laughs> um Yes, but anyway, let's talk about Moonlight winning the the Oscar for Best Picture. Um, perhaps some was surprising. I think a lot of people did think it would go to La La Land. Um, well, we all thought we all thought it would be La La Land. Yep. However, I will say, if last week I did mention about mm-hmm. Betfair being a much more fluid market, and in this one in particular, where all the bookies had La La Land as like thirty three to one on. That price was shifting and shrinking massively on Betfair, and that Moonlight did have a chance. Well, none of us thought or wanted it to win, and the only person who predicted it of all of us, of all the people who um, voted, uh, you know, p- put in their predictions uh, to win a bundle of DVDs, probably dreading those DVDs now after the things that we've just talked about arriving in Steve's letterbox. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Andy Alcock was the only person who predicted Moonlight. God, that's nice. nice. He wins this fucking thing every year. He wins every year, doesn't he? But um, oh. he he hasn't won this year, actually. A guy called Sean Hughes has won. So congratulations, Sean Hughes. You guessed nine of the 11 categories. No relation, by the way. Congratulations, Sean. Yeah, congratulations, Sean. We will be in touch soon about obtaining your address to send you some child uh, to send you some. Um, <laughs> Hold on, DVDs. you can't fucking tell me to keep my gob shut and not say anything offensive. 
and then so, oh that's it with no mm. <laughs> i've got so i've got some lovely rolf harris albums as well i'm going to send him <laughs> uh, yeah can, can we the, just uh... mention while, while we're here and hmm? before we move on to, to the other ones some of the reactions on, on both the media uh, and on on twitter and by various sort of journalists and stuff to the oscars and i'm really fucking fed up with what should be a comp you know light-hearted competition about films being turned into this massive politicized load of bollocks do you know the website jezebel which is mm. um a feminist website for fat ugly women who can't get fucked paul come on man who are running two stories on their front page, one about a fucking creep wins an Oscar and another one about Samuel L. Jackson is forced to give La La Land a musical Oscar to three white guys who made jazz music. Are you kidding me? They're basically accusing Casey Affleck of being a sex pest and that Samuel L. Jackson has been forced to give an Oscar to white people. Sadly, I do know Jezebel and that's the kind of cunty thing that site runs all the time. Other stuff about the white helmets all being terrorists, members of Al-Qaeda. And then, of course, Toby Young going on today about no white heterosexual men can ever win an Oscar because clearly for the last 80-odd years, all the black lesbians have been scooping them up. Blokes are fucking cunt, honestly. Anyway, carry on. Owen didn't want much swearing in that in this podcast. (laughs) You can cut that out. I'm just really getting hacked off with it. It's a fucking film competition. Yeah. There is part of me, though, now. I mean, I I really liked Meryl Streep's speech at the Golden Globes. And I think that kind of thing, it, where she was talking about how uh, role models now essentially have a very important role to play politically in terms of uh, working with uh, journalists and spreading awareness about things. I mean... Because of who has been elected president, who is just a proven liar, you know, who says anything to anybody to boost his own ego, essentially. So I I, I kind of think that it's not quite the same as previous years where we, I mean, we argued last year, didn't we, about fucking Leonardo DiCaprio. And he basically brought in his issue of the year, which was global warming, because he was in The Revenant, which he saw as being about the destruction of nature. So then it became a speech about that, which was like, well, no, you you just have a soapbox for a cause that you just think is furthering your career. Whereas the politics stuff is much more real. But that might just be me. I might just be a fat, ugly lesbian who needs to be jagged as well, but I don't know. That's probably the case. It's possible. Mm. Come on. Almost uh, certainly. The main headline on your website is fucking creep wins Oscar. <laughs> Seriously. There are two long-standing allegations against him, though. Mm. It's not them saying, oh, he's a bit creepy, isn't he, because he lecture at someone on stage or something. It's, there are, they, there are alleged- allegedly grabbed a girl yeah. woman's ass allegedly well i think it was a little bit more than that from what i read but have you been reading jezebel owen uh, i know it's I'm your go-to for movie news i have That's a google alert <laughs> fucking website so don't give a shit about films all year suddenly pipe up when it's the oscars 
Hmm. But again, it's the role of celebrity, isn't it? It's that's the the it's a a big thing, and so that's obviously where they're latching on with their their news, as everyone in the fucking country does, mm. because it sells, essentially. Okay. The the winner of Best Actress was Emma Stone for La La Land. I mean, out of that lot, again, I I haven't seen enough of these films in the, for people nominated for Best Actress to really comment. Um. But do we think out of those she deserved it? I mean, what do we all go for? So we all thought Emma Stone would win. Yeah. So congratulations to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Round of applause. We all thought uh, she would. None of us wanted her to, however. <laughs> Nobody picked her as their want. Uh, Brooker, uh, Steve, and I chose Natalie Portman, who's who we wanted to win out of that category. Paul chose Isabel Huppert for L. But um, yeah, so I mean, it was obvious, wasn't it? Really, what was she was like another one that was just dead on to win, wasn't she? Yeah, Paul, she was. And the, the yeah. other reason I didn't want her to win, I was watching her in the film, and all I could think of was have some fucking dinner, love. She, she was looking very a, thin. Mm. I'm thinking famine relief. Be knocking at her door. <laughs> She'd be on the poster. It was like back in the Mary Whitehouse experience when Suzanne Charlton used to do the weather and they used to shout at the telly, have some dinner, eat something. Mm. And she'd be nipping to the food bank on the way home. <laughs> yeah, she did not look well. What was, do you know John Shuttleworth? No. The com- comedy musical guy? No. He had a song which was about... Uh, Kira Knightley couldn't get much thinner. <laughs> Kira Knightley, eat your dinner. There you go. Oh, for God's yeah. sake! <laughs> Unless she's um, like got celebrity illness. You see, you just you don't know if she's got a tapeworm or not. We had the most un PC episode ever. <laughs> well, we're not even podcast. talking about film. We're not are even we? close. Body yeah. shaming and <laughs> slating all these. Uh, I'm sitting there wearing my Jim will fix it T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I've got those Still Rob Harris LPs ready to go. <laughs> Should we do Best Actor now? Which went to uh, Casey Affleck for Manchester by the Sea. Hooray! Woo! Well deserved. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I still would have preferred Gosling. Yeah, I just thought he was much better. But what did we all go? What do we all go for? What do we all? For, you know, let's do the important bit. What do we all think? You were the only one who didn't think he would win, Steve. Everyone else did. Yeah, sounds about right, doesn't it? <laughs> You you thought Goslin would win, but actually you wanted Andrew Garfield to. Wow, I mean, I was pro- I was probably doing that thing where I just throw a different vote in there so I can try and beat everyone because if everyone votes the same, that ain't gonna happen. Yeah, you were voting first though before us, so don't matter, does it? I mean, just yeah. just let him have it, man. Otherwise, he just feels like a loser. <laughs> oh, I've only I cared. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, care enough to make up a crappy yeah, excuse for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Best best supporting actress uh, was was Viola Davis for Fences, um, which I was quite surprised about after seeing Fences because uh, she, she didn't do much. Did you not think she was spectacular? <laughs> I thought she was the best thing of that film. No, I thought I thought she was good. But I just didn't think she was. I don't know. It's just sort of. I know it's supporting actress is the award, but it's just like she was very supporting because. Yeah, it was all it was all oh, dental. She, she cries so well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, See, 
I haven't seen Fences, but again, crying is just something that's almost guaranteed, isn't it? To Here just give you an extra few points towards it's your tru- possible trouble Oscar and strife and tears and yeah, she yeah. she had that locked up. If it's crying over family, then it's just yeah. almost a certainty. Did we all but, pick uh, that? Uh... So, uh, again, we all thought, except Steve, <laughs> um, <laughs> who thought Naomi Harris was going to win and wanted Octavia Spencer. I wanted Michelle Williams to win. Uh, and Paul, you wanted Nicole Kidman. Yes. Because she reminded you of Madge yes. from Neighbours. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, we, we all agree still is a legitimate reason. Absolutely. Do you remember yep. Madge from Neighbours? No. Nope. Oh. Yes. <laughs> no. Do you remember but, Bouncer? Uh, the dog. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, then how can you not, you not imagine Harold, Bouncer, Kylie, Jason? Come on. I know Harold. I don't. I know. I did say. I never used to watch Neighbours. Did your parents not have a telly? <laughs> Country living. We we played charades <laughs> in the evening and yeah. read books by candlelight. I mean, what did you do when you were young? Well, it was only black and white, but we did have a television. <laughs> I, always, um, I was always suspicious of people when I was younger who didn't have a telly. Yeah, I'm suspicious of people now that don't have a telly. Mm. Yeah, I've got a mate who, up until the age of nine, I think, didn't have a telly. I just feel so sorry for him <laughs> because he missed out on so much culture. Yeah. I just, uh, I, not... I get that, that friend thing where you go, well, what do you point your furniture at? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the thing about people who don't have a telly, the first thing you'll learn about them is they don't have a telly. They can't yeah. wait to fucking tell you. It's like being a vegan. I can't wait to tell you they're a vegan. Whatever it might be. There's a great Russell Kane routine about how, um, you know, you can tell someone's working class because their TV is bigger than their bookcase. I thought that was a quite funny observation. But yeah, you had to be there, I guess. Well, no, I'm just, it's funny. I'm just looking at my bookcase compared to my TV and yeah, I think he's right. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, my Admittedly, bookcase my... is fucking massive, all of them. <laughs> my my bookcase is filled with, you know, kids' books that I will never read. But I've read more of those than I have my own books. Well, mm. um, to do Best Supporting Actor, which was uh, Mahashala Ali for Moonlight. Yeah. Pronounced right that, that. Pronounce that right, didn't I? You did. Done all right there. Mm. Can you do it again? Yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> Not a performing monkey, bro. No. Yeah, just um, trivialise it if I do that. <laughs> uh, again, we all thought he would win, except Steve. Thanks, <laughs> Steve. Do you know how the Oscars yeah. work, Steve? <laughs> you have to pick the best. I'm putting a protest vote in. It, I vote for. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, like the, the past three categories as well uh, of support and actress and uh, best actor, of all of them, we've all predicted, except Steve, uh, the, correctly, um, Brooker, for each of them, you've also wanted that person to win their award. Yeah. Um, I've been, I am absolutely, I'm, I'm absolutely happy with those, those winners. I, I think they all done really, really well. Yeah, I mean, I've totted up, like, of who we wanted and who we 
thought would win. You, you're going to be the most happy because you, by far and away, had the most that you wanted to win. Win. Cool. Uh, compared to the rest of us. So, I'm okay yeah. with that. Mm. Steve had Jeff Bridges as uh, his pick. Paul, you had um, Lucas Hedges for Manchester by the Sea. Mm-hmm. And I th- wanted Michael Shannon for Nocturnal Animals just because I like Michael Shannon. Mm. Yeah. Um, best director went to Damien Chazelle for La La Land. We must have all got this right. I think we all did, and we must have done. Nah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, you, didn't you just go for a rival? Well, La La Land, <clears throat> best director, Brooker, Paul, and me. And Steve went for someone else. <laughs> so You went for yeah. Dennis Villeneuve, didn't you? Oh, I, you did. I don't care what I did. <laughs> yeah, that's what he thought. And wanted Mel Gibson for Hacksaw Ridge. And actually, you yeah. two also I wanted... I wanted ha- Mel Gibson as well. Yeah. I thought that would just been hilarious to see him get that. And, and oh, it would have been fucking great. Um, he said the only thing he'd done was get interviewed on the red carpet about his possible directing Suicide Squad 2. What, sh- yeah. what a shitty runner-up prize that is. Yeah. yeah. Damien Chazelle, though. The, hey, he would have had a good chance of winning an Oscar if he was with the original Suicide Squad. So uh, True. Oscar oh, winning an Oscar. Yeah, so... Um... <laughs> but eventual winner Damien Chazelle is now, at the age of 32, he's the youngest director to ever win an Oscar. Mm. Not being go. funny, I could get a couple of A-listers. Get them to sing a few songs badly. Bosh, Oscar. But you're not 32. There was a... <laughs> Mullinger actually tweeted it, um, which was the opening sequence to La La Land, right, where they're all dancing and they're on the um, road or the cars apart. Yeah. There was, there was a thing that they, they did a rehearsal shoot of that, <clears throat> and it's Damien Chazelle filming the entire rehearsal on his phone, all in one take. And actually... I mean, that gives me a bit more, a newfound respect for what he was doing. I didn't quite realise it. it was all one take. And I think it, in that, it just works quite well. It just looks amazing. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, it, it, it again was just nailed on winner. It was obviously going to be Damon Chazelle, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Steve? Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, <laughs> best original screenplay. Uh, went to uh, Kenneth Lonergan for Manchester by the Sea. And we all thought that would win. You included, Steve. Yeah. And we well, all right. wanted. We all wanted. Except you, Steve. You wanted the lobster. Yeah, but, uh, meant, was it? <laughs> Still have to but see that it. was, yeah, Manchester oh. by the Sea beat La La Land again yeah. in that category. Uh, <clears throat> best adapted screenplay was uh, uh, Barry Jenkins and Terrell Alvin McCraney for Moonlight. Booker, Paul, and I uh, correctly guessed that one, and Steve went for a rival. Yes. Yeah. I'm a sucker for anything with aliens in it. (laughs) Did a rival win any Oscars? They got one, didn't it? It was uh, a dress or something, I don't know. Do you know what the... It's got the same amount of awards as Suicide Squad. It did. Do you know what the, the thing that ruined it for a rival was, I think? Has anyone seen that mock poster? You know the Rick and Morty episode yes. with, the, with the big <laughs> head? Show me what you yeah, got. If, with that mm-hmm. instead of the alien ship. Yeah. And it just being <laughs> on the poster, show me what you got. <laughs> I think that just ruined it for Arrival. Best animated feature went to Zootopia. Mm. Um, I didn't think he was Zootopia. I, 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 I think most of us thought Kubo and Two Strings. Well, 
you thought Kubo and the two strings. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else. And in, in many in many ways, I was right. <laughs> in all but the most important. The animation is, of course, for babies. Mm. But Z- no, Zootopia did win. It was um, uh, again me, Paul, and uh, Brooker who who chose that one. But it was it. It was your Underground Nights most was it disappointing film of yeah. the year? Or yeah. is his most disappointing film of the year? I think mine was The Accountant. Yeah, something just didn't add up about that one, did it? No. But come on! Oh God! <laughs> That's podcasting with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be that'd be a weird kind of inception wouldn't it <laughs> Steve if you were my dad sequel, I'd be well happy the, the sequel to Primer <laughs> <laughs> oh, what time is it um, what, what, it's getting quite late isn't it all the bad jokes are coming out now oh, so, right, so do we all pick Zootopia then apart from Steve yeah I think so. we all picked it as thought yeah um, but wanted uh, Brooker, you wanted Kubo I to did. win. Paul, you said you didn't really care, but I think you chose My Life as a Courgette. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I chose My Life as a Courgette because... Because it had the Callum, word Courgette in it. <laughs> yep. Well, it had the word zucchini in the title, according to the Oscars. Yeah. Uh, but there was, and, you were never going to beat Zootropolis. It's, you know, a cute fluffy bunny beats all racism. Was, exactly. You weren't beating that. Yeah, but um, Steve went for both Think and Want as uh, as Kubo. Yeah. What's next? What's next? Best documentary feature, uh, mm. which went to oh. o- which went to OJ Made in America. It did. Paul picked that, and I picked that. Brooker, you went for thirteenth. I I thought that was a lock, just because of what it was. Uh you you thought and wanted that. I wanted it too, and I think Steve wanted thirteenth as well because it was bottom of the list. And fire at sea, which is what he thought would win, was top of the list. Fuck's sake. <laughs> to be fair, OJ uh, is actually on iPlayer now, isn't it? So I'm going to. It is. It went up today, didn't it? Well, it's it quite long. Uh, Seven hours. Man, we've all been there. I've done the staircase. I can do that easy. Oh, fuck that. I ain't got time for that shit. I mean, you watch how many episodes of X Files? Mm-hmm. I haven't watched an episode of X Files for ages. And actually, my bigger concern is. That's classed as one film on my list of 365, and it will take, oh, yeah. you... take me three days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Paul, you wanted Fire at Sea to win this category. Yeah. Um, so we only have one category to go then. Which is? Foreign language. Yeah, which went to the salesman um, from Iran. Noise. And Steve? I didn't go for that, did I? You, I think you did. You were the only one who went for it. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I, I have seen all the foreign languages. Don't you forget your own, Steve. Just all of them, not just the ones that were nominated this year, just all of them, just, just ever. Everything. Yeah. Anything that's um, in a bit of foreign. I mean, really, if we'd have thought about it more, we probably could have predicted that as well, because um, Ashgar Fahadi, I think is how you pronounce the name, yep. she, is, she boycotted the Oscars. She's Iranian, and she wasn't going to go to America, basically. Um, not that she'd probably have been allowed in, <laughs> given the current situation. Not, not that wall being built. And the ban. Well, yeah, that doesn't help. And just her general attitude. Yeah. Just, just, no. just geography there, Steve. Mexico, <laughs> not bordering with the United States. They'll never get the plane over that wall. <laughs> depends, depends how you want to try and get in, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, 
It's an easy jet flight. Yeah. It just drops her mm. in Mexico City. Um, it's pr- probably Ryanair. You get fined for, for trying to do anything on that, don't you? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah. So the salesman um, won. Yeah. Um, just for a bit of balance, Paul thought it was crap. Anyone I haven't seen. I managed to see it. It's been tough to get a copy of. Yeah, we were all over the shop with this one. We were picking every film except Land of Mine. That was the only one we didn't choose for either think or want. Everything else was just a scattergun approach to this category. Mm-hmm. But okay, okay. Do you want me to reveal then what's happened? Because we're at the end. Thankfully, for, I'm sure the listeners are thinking. For what we thought would win, uh, Steve correctly guessed three of them. Yeah. Brooker correctly guessed eight of them. Nice. Paul correctly guessed nine of them. Yep. And so did I. Ooh. We are joint winners, Paul. Hooray. Well, we could both send each other a DVD. Who's that? Yes, that seems like... The more I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> does, it does sound like Omen's getting the rough end of that stick. I thought, oh, how nice. We could send each other a DV. Oh, fuck. <laughs> that was my train of thought. Um, but what we wanted to win, uh, Brooker will be the most happy because five of the films that uh, you wanted to win, Brooker, won. I picked up an award. Awesome. For Steve, of all the films he wanted to win, uh, none of them picked up anything. <laughs> so you're going to be the most disappointed with this, Steve, with this, this year's Oscars. If I cared, yeah. <laughs> Paul, you and I, we both, again, were, were uh, drawing together because it's uh, one apiece. We both wanted... Manchester by the uh, sea. One, yeah. That's all of the predictions that we've got. Who, who won the prize? <laughs> who done the best was Sean Hughes, who guessed nine. So uh, Andy Alcock, who was the reigning double champion, yeah, I think he won twice in a row. He got six correct this year. I think this year this is the first year where he's actually watched most of the nominations as well. <laughs> Normally he picks blindly. Yeah, that's seeing any of them. Um, so the year he actually could formulate an opinion based on what he's seen uh, is the year he loses. <laughs> Well, not quite as bad as Steve, but he, um, yeah, only got six correct. So Sean Hughes is the winner. Amy Saxby as well got six, by the way, joining with Andy. Maya voted as well this year. Actually, she hasn't seen any of them. She, that would that would be quite telling because she guessed the same number as Steve. Wow. <laughs> she got three. Good girl. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, so congratulations, Sean. She'll be in an arm wrestle, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course she yes. can. That's never been argued. Like, not ever. But, yeah, Sean uh, is a runaway listener, and I will be a runaway winner, I should say, of our listeners who entered. And running um, away when he gets the DVDs through the post. How many boxes with hooligan on the front do you send in, Paul? <laughs> I, last week, I, I kid you not, I ordered every single DVD with, with the word hooligan in the title. Dude, you've got far too much time on your hands. You around. did not. I did. Because I thought it'd be funny. <laughs> now they keep and, coming through my letterbox, I can't make them stop. <laughs> I wish you had a postman that just stole your DVDs. You know, like one that just nicks stuff. Yes. And he just gets them all the time. He thinks this guy orders a fuckload of stuff from Amazon. And every time he opens it, it's like Essex Boys 3. No, but this is the thing. He probably is a postman that steals stuff. He, stu- he stole two <laughs> and, and gave them back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a former arrived uh, today. I can't even bring myself to look what they are. 
<laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> Why? It just sounded like, I, I thought that would be quite fun. Yeah, no, not you really. really should do like a book out of it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Should we do some recommendations? Let's. Yes. I'm going to go with on Netflix a uh, Jason's Day from Crime Caper in the bank job. On Netflix? Yes. Just the one. Just the one. It's the just only film on there this week, yeah. Um, Brooker? <laughs> uh, on Netflix on the 1st of March. It's not on yet, so on the 1st, which is what? The Wednesday? I think. Uh, they're putting Groundhog Day is going on to Netflix. Again? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Paul? Um, I watched 10 hours yesterday of a show on Water Presents, which is on all four, called The Swingers. Now, have you seen this advertised everywhere? I think they actually put it on Channel 4 as well. I've seen it advertised, yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just put it out there. In Holland, where it originated, it was on a Saturday night, not that late in the evening, and it was called The Neighbours. Slightly misleading for Channel 4 to call it The Swingers, <laughs> because in 10 hours' worth... There's only one bit of swinging and no tits. However, Why are you recommending this? I was just thinking, what's going on there? I I thought, you bastards, Channel 4, you've conned me into this. Actually, it's a really good slow burn, murdery crime thing where you, at the start of each week, you see a little flash of what's happening now. And then you'll see like 22 weeks ago. Then the next week, you'll see a little bit more of what's happening now, 18 weeks ago. Very clever, very intricate, um, really easy to follow, and is a little bit slow. It's a little bit saucy, but only a little bit. Um, but I really enjoyed it. The twist at the end, yeah, I, I, maybe you'll see it coming, maybe you won't. But I really, really enjoyed it, and I'm really looking forward to season two. Excellent. It's free. Good. Um, Owen? Uh, on Saturday evening or Sunday morning, whichever way you want to look at it, 2.15am Sunday morning, Saturday evening, on BBC Two, uh, it's one of my favourite folk horrors, you know, talking about that fucking awful Nazi vengeance thing earlier, <laughs> The Witchfinder General is on, um, on BBC Two, the Vincent Price film where he plays Matthew Hopkins, the notorious Witchfinder in the 17th century. Not Anthony Hopkins, as I once called him on the, the podcast. Uh, yeah, went around burning women who he accused of being witches. From Jezebel.com. So, from Jezebel.com, yeah. That's what happened. It's based on that. It's a biopic <laughs> of... Uh, yeah. But no, no, it's a fantastic film. It's um, one of my favourites uh, ever. Horror film. Any kind of film. I love it. The Failed Critics Podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes, created by James Diamond, with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, remixed by James Yule of JamesYule.com. You can find us at FailedCritics.com, on Twitter at FailedCritics, and Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash FailedCritics. Thanks for listening.
poor Owen and his job at the BBC disappearing in front of his eyes. Smoke. Owen, Channel 5 is no, there's no stigma attached to working at Channel 5 anymore. They're out going to have to be fucking reviving Bravo at this point. Mate, any channel that can have Rebecca Luce wanking off a pig is good enough for you. (laughs) I remember when they had good old fashioned, you know, shitty porn on at 11 at night. Now it's just pig wanking. It's almost as good. (laughs) So I'm just reminiscing here. Mm. And looking at the time, realizing it's just about time for something decent on Channel Five. What they're going to rerun Rebecca Luce wanking off a pig? I know. I'll let, I'll let you know. I did you ever watch off. that? No. I can't say I did. Go, yeah. go to the YouTube. But I think the only clip they've to the YouTube. I on the YouTube and type in <laughs> Rebecca Luce wanking off a pig, and you'll see the clip. It's fucking hilarious. And that was back in the day entertainment on Channel Five. I would suggest that you log out of your YouTube account <laughs> or do it in an incognito window or your browsing history will Private forever. browsing? Yeah. <laughs> there, there are certain people that want to have a look at my internet history in the next couple of months. I can't hide that. <laughs> <laughs> Wank, uh, hold on, I can't spell wanking. Hold so on. you don't remember Keith Chegwin with his bollocks out? I remember that. There we go. Wank, fuck. <laughs> David Beckham wanking Rebecca Luce. That's not what I'm looking for. No, no. Although I'm safe. Anyway, now. should we uh, knock it on the head there? <laughs> <laughs> Semen collection from Boar. <laughs> Panda pig and bucket. What the fuck is all of this? You must be spelling a surname wrong. L double O S. Yeah, it's I found it. Rebe- Rebecca Luce, and I, I'm it's guessing this is it from a Spanish TV. Yeah, it looks Spanish or Italian or something. I don't know how loud this is. But I'm going to watch. You, you can you can wrap up the podcast if you like. I'm just going to watch. <laughs> it's done. It's gone. I'm cutting. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, oh, she looks like, so happy. Uh, I like that. You can wrap up the podcast as like we've got on this five, six minute ramble about Le- Rebecca Lou's wanking <laughs> off a fucking <laughs> it, livestock. It's, it's amazing. It, it looks like jizz coming out of an old lipstick. <laughs> If I remember, well, so far all I can see is the tip, and it's a, it's very triangly. <laughs> it's like a mini cone head. That's funny enough. That's what Maya said. <laughs> oh. oh, that's right. what I told her to say. <laughs> you can only see the tip. Yeah. It's quite cone shaped. That's all she needs. <laughs> it's like an old lipstick. Yeah, <laughs> it's smearing everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, it looks, it looks like rice pudding. What the, <laughs> what the fuck? It's entertainment. Listening to, listening to Brooke of watching Le- Rebecca Lou's wanking off the <laughs> It's really this, grim. We should just stop. We should stop any pretense anymore of having a film podcast. And just <laughs> get rid of the boring film anyway, shit. No one cares about anyway, it. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. <laughs> Done. This, this is why me and Paul are only allowed on like two podcasts a year together. <laughs> right, I'm off, lads. I'll see you later. Bye. Right, Bye. Good night, Steve. Steve. Oh, we've oh. killed Steve. <laughs> Who knew that pig wanking would kill Steve? Oh, that, God. It, that was the step too far for him. 
Since we talked about wanking off animals. <laughs> this is beyond the pale, lads. I'm off. What you should have done was seen how many how many pig wanks it takes to fill a bath. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude. I'm watching this. You can expand that to various other livestock to see which could have filled it the quickest. (laughs) There is a quiz in there somewhere. (laughs) Oh, God. What was I watching the other night where where somebody suddenly announced, do you know why the band 10cc are called 10cc? Because that's the amount you jizz. What? 10cc? The band Cubic centimetres. Oh, I see. Yes. It must have been a film because I don't really watch TV. So, yeah. mm. there we go. I wish I'd known that when we did the jizzing in a bath thing. Yeah, <laughs> would have saved us a bit of googling. Would have done, yeah. <laughs> did you know? <laughs> right, can we fuck off now? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> 